Good help is hard to find. <laughs> oh my. All it takes is a blizzard and we're podcasting inside instead of outside. Oh, yeah. What a day. Great success. It's hot out there. It is just, just hot. I know because most of Glenn's blizzard melted on my car seats on the drive over here. Hey, you got to get a better AC. <laughs> Which we'll get to that later because one of us did. You went through all that trouble, you bought, brought him a blizzard, and then you hand it to him, and he's like, I don't want this, and he went yeah. and put it in the freezer. <laughs> you spilled it all over your car. All he wants to do is drink. Yeah, I, I, can't, um, I can't vouch for the chain of custody on that Jack Daniels I just gave you. Well, I, I busted the seal on it, so yeah. it hadn't been tampered with. Let me, it hadn't been used before. Actually, I wasn't planning to do this first, but before we get into what I actually had planned... I want to tell you how I acquired said Jack Daniels. Why don't you tell us what the show is? Like, tell you where to turn? Well, guys, this is episode 87 of Tell Me Where to Turn. North Dallas Tollway's faith-based podcast of choice. For now, well into its third year of existence. You can find me on Twitter at Tommy2 underscore zero. You can find me at Glenn3 underscore 11. And you can find me at Point Break underscore Dave. Yeah, so let me tell you. Let me tell you real quick how I acquired the Jack Daniels. Tell me if you think this is this is like uh, bad radio circa two thousand five. I need a ruling on this one. It's not like a Christopher Walken type story about how he <laughs> carried it for several years, <laughs> like the gold watch you're yes, talking about. Yes, it took me a minute there. I, was, I didn't know where you were going with that. <laughs> he 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 drowned the bottle and got away with it for thirty years. No, I had a um, I had a birthday recently. Oh, happy birthday. Thank you. Yeah. In fact, Point Break Dave and I golfed on my birthday. How about that? Hey, that's a fun, funny that you mentioned that. Like when you when you borrow golf clubs, do you ever return them to to the owner or when you borrow them do you just get to keep them? Funny you should mention that. <laughs> they are set out they are set out to go back in your truck tonight along with another large item that apparently the women that What's his name? <laughs> the women that occasionally allow things to go on have made some kind of agreement on another item that you'll be taking home tonight. Okay. Yes. It's called a sit-in stand. I think I know what that is. Yeah. Uh, it's very exciting. Yeah. I'm enthralled by this news. And you're going to get some golf clubs with it. I mean, you, when you were done that day, you could have just gone back to the house and put them back. It's kind of what I expected. You know what my actual idea was? You know, the last time I borrowed them, I kept them for like over a year. Yeah, but that, yeah, so I, I kind of set the bar there. Before we get to your story, my idea when you when you borrowed those was to uh, take them back into the house while we were out of town, and then just leave them in the middle of the floor, and then just like move a bunch of the furniture around, and then we just walk home, and I'd just be like, "Oh my god, what <laughs> happened?" Just see how long she panicked, and then be like, "Hey, it's a joke." Oh my god, Tommy returned our golf club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now there's no way I was going back to your house that same day. I was tired after golfing, man. I understand. Every year, my birthday falls on the same day. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and it just has so happened that my birthday every year kind of falls around a lot of people's summer vacation. So at work, for people that have birthdays during the winter, they, you know, they usually usually will you know have a lunch or invite people out and just for by whatever coincidence, or maybe people just don't like me, I haven't had any type of work birthday celebration for the last couple of years. It's lonely at the top. It is. So I, I just kind of, right before I left on our vacation, actually, because I was out of town on my birthday, I, uh, I just mentioned to another coworker, I said, yeah, nobody ever does anything for my birthday, and I guess this lady took it to heart, so... While I was out of town, you know. <laughs> Indeed. I never thought it would happen to me. <laughs> Gosh. Do you think I look like that? Well, I look like that when I'm older. Well, I look like Adam Silver when I'm older. No. Okay. 
No, I don't think you've got that. Oh no, but the, you. he's about to announce the Timberwolves take Braun Strowman. <laughs> <laughs> what if the glorious theme hit? <laughs> we'll get to all that talk later. Tell your golf affair story, whatever that wherever we're going. No, so I got I got back from vacation, and in my office was the most gigantic, and I'm not exaggerating. It probably weighed forty or fifty pounds ball of saran wrap like just a giant ball taking up a good majority of the floor space in my office and what this lady had done is she had gone to essentially every person in our wider team which you know is 40 50 people and said nobody ever celebrates tommy's birthday we're gonna get him a gift so give me some stuff to put in this giant ball of saran wrap and then she started wrapping it in the middle and bigger and bigger and every layer you would unwrap there would be more stuff in there okay and i made a list i didn't print it out uh to show you guys but there were over a hundred items in this ball of saran wrap 92 of more half empty tic tac bottles <laughs> and it was it ran the gamut there was good things in there there was things that a half empty tic tac bottle would have been an upgrade from oh no but there was several of those little bottles of jack daniels there was a pack of marlboro cigarettes in there were there un- any magnums in unopened? there there was a box of Depends, adult diapers. Eh, you know, never know when you might need those. <laughs> there, there was there was books. There was T-shirts. There was a roll of paper towels. I don't know why I would have needed those. There was a John Cena action figure. All right, gift card to Buffalo Wild Wings. I mean, it, it ran the gamut. But that is where all those little bottles of uh, alcohol came from that you're now enjoying. Well, you have one less than you had before, and soon you may have two less. <laughs> Don't touch that other one. I'm oh. saving that. But chain of custody-wise, yes, that, that Jack mm. Daniels was in a giant ball of saran wrap less than 48 hours ago. I think I can live with that. But to actually kick off the show, I want to play you guys some audio. And uh, Dave and I discussed this earlier. We felt like this would be appropriate for the show. And uh, what I want to do before we play it is I want to pose this question to you, and then we're going to listen to the audio, and then you're going to answer the question. Make sense? Yes. You have to talk into your mic. Yes, makes sense. So here's the question. Does this age well? What I'm about to play you, and this is weird, this is like Inception-level stuff, I'm going to play you another podcast. And this podcast was from Monday. They recorded it Saturday or Sunday. They posted it Monday of this week. Okay. The question is, does this age well? It was played Monday of this week. Posted Monday of this week. Okay. I do remember it. You know, Vader was, you know, Vader was a phenomenal athlete and I I was never a fan of him on on a personal level. He was always a bully. He was always kind of a prick to be around backstage. Uh, He was uncooperative in in just about every way. Um, Just, uh, you know, in one moment, he, you know, he's an intimidating bully and the next minute he's, you know, a crying little puppy. And it's just, I didn't like working with him. But, he, you know, the other thing about Vader is he was an amazing performer. You know, as a big man, he would do shit that was amazing. I mean, he was a phenomenal athlete. There's no taking that away from him. Um, but he got hurt a lot. And it was hard sometimes to tell what was real and what wasn't with Vader because he was a little bit of a he, – he would work the situation to his benefit if he felt like he needed to. He was very tough to do business with, and you never knew for sure if he was bullshitting it or if it was real. Let's get to the Clash of the Champions. Would Eric Bischoff like a do-over on the complete burial of Vader this Monday? The the worst part about that was the day it broke, and I actually think Glenn was the first one to text that Vader was no longer with us. No longer with us. I, I thought that was the fake Paul Bear that did that. Was uh, that? Was no, that I think Glenn? that was me. Oh, okay. I think I I ran across that. I also had to look up who he was. Oh, I just got you weren't you weren't around wrestling at no, that time. It wasn't anyone I was familiar with. But I was listening to that that clip that Tommy just played like that evening after getting that news. And you know sometimes like you don't really think about the timeline. Like oh, this was recorded four days ago. And you're just like, whoa. 
Much like when I went back and listened to you guys talking about the Houston flood, I had that same, like, oh, this does not sound well, good. Hey, I mean, that happens sometimes. Oh, what a shock. The Utah Jazz drafting Grayson Allen. That's like the least surprising sports move that can ever occur. <laughs> Tell me why. Um, he is white as the pure driven snow. His name's Grayson. Yeah, his name's Grayson. If his name was polygamy is the only way it would be more natural. Well, speaking of natural, how are you feeling these days? I, I think I think everybody's getting tired of talking no, about my health and we, my we had a hell bottom. We had a cliffhanger last episode. You had gone to the doctor, you were wearing a tourniquet on your arm. You full surgical mask yeah, all the time. But you were awaiting the results of the blood test. We were waiting to find out if there was an autoimmune situation going on. I don't have AIDS. Mark that. <laughs> um, we're not doing any more clip shows, so I don't really need to true. mark anything. Yeah, it's, I was going to say my birthday is always on the same day. <laughs> so, uh, thus far, scans and testing came back normal. Uh, last couple weeks been better you know than the last time that we were uh discussing this issue really the only thing left is to completely rule out that i might be all like crones up or something so so how do they rule that out well there's there's various options there's one just kind of fecal transplant eh, not quite there is it on the table for later no i don't that hasn't been discussed um, Dave could make a call. <laughs> just, just you know, monitoring diet and how that affects you, that type of thing. Keeping a food diary, a food diary, diary, if if you will. Now that's really what it is. There's no if you will. Um, and then there's another diagnostic option. Does it end in oscopy? A butt camera. <laughs> That is an option to be considered. Would you do one? Would you be willing to do one while you're awake for the show? <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that while I'm awake. Because that is uh, that is offered. There is the possibility <laughs> that, much like the U.S. in the 1960s, that man might be going where no man has gone before. Just to completely rule out anything back there. Interesting. That's that's a it's a possibility. So should we raise our hands if we've had that done before? Have oh, you really? Oh wow! Yeah, I have. What's the matter with you? So what what triggered that? Um, I was th- bored. <laughs> I was wanted to explore <laughs> some things. No, I was it like at a hospital. <laughs> <laughs> it has a ticket tie-in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Remember when the hard line went to Denver? Yes. I went on that trip. You did. And when I was there, I started having this really strange, horrible burning pain at the top of my stomach. And I went to a doctor, and they sent me to a gastroenterologist, and they thought I might have... In Denver? No, no, no. As soon as I got home. But I remember that whole... I remember sitting at that bar where the hard line was and trying to eat, and like everything, it 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 wasn't like a stomach ache, but like everything I ate just burned when it went down my esophagus, and I didn't know what was going on. I remember getting text messages from that bar as I was not there on that trip. You I was, should, invi- I was trip. invited to this one as opposed to prior trips. I was you, not invited to. You should have been on that trip. But yeah, I thought they thought I might have had some kind of an ulcer and they were going to do an endoscopy and then kind Ooh, of... Similar- I'd rather go... Well, I, had, I was double penetrated. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> I experienced double penetration. But but it was the same situation. They Hold said, on, why? They, <laughs> which, <laughs> which one did they do first? Because you know they, they, only clean, use, they, clean. <laughs> they only use one. Time to cut back. No, but they when they were when they were pitching the endoscopy to me, the guy basically said, you know, you're already going to be out. You're going to be in the the center. We may as well do this too, just to rule out anything crazy. Because I'd been having some problems both sides. And fair enough. And hey, uh, it, it happens, as they say. The uh, the Prep for it uh, is a wild way, ride. Way, way more extreme than I was expecting it to be. The actual procedure was n- like the most uneventful, no big deal thing. 
went in there, count backwards from ten. Yeah, next thing, the... next thing I know, I'm star- I'm starving and I'm sitting in a chair and I'm I'm eating uh, yeah. uh, at Brahms like five minutes later. And right, we're, all's good. Right. So the night before, uh, buddy. The uh, the <laughs> not so much, buddy. So the in the prep process. From the time you begin the preparation, how long does it take to first launch? 15 minutes. Okay, so I need I, if this happens because of the time frame that I've been advised of when to start this whole deal, it would be normally I'd be at work. I would need to leave work and then begin the process. I actually I worked that day because you can't you can't eat anything the whole day, so you have to start fasting that morning. Yeah, but you can't have so all you can have is clear liquid, so I had just you know, water and coffee for breakfast. I had I had some broth for lunch at work. I got home about five o'clock, and at five o'clock, every thirty minutes they have you drink a little bit of this stuff for okay. a couple hours, and then you are just I mean, and it was full throttle from then to like three o'clock in the morning. Wow. And the reason they don't have you eat that day is because if you ate that day, it would be even more extreme yeah. than what's already happened. So they're trying to kind of give you a chance to get some of it out the normal way, and then the rest of it. I mean, and it, Dude, it is. There's there's nothing that can explain how extreme it is. But it's not like it's not like a horrible experience, is it? No, no. I mean, you don't feel bad while it's happening. Okay. But because I feel like I might think this is pretty awesome. It's <laughs> it's a very unnatural feeling because by the end of it, what's coming out of there shouldn't be coming out of there. Oh no. Yeah. It's like old thoughts and stuff. No, 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 no. It's like exactly what you what you would expect to come out the other thing. The gimmick, only it's coming out of the other side. I'm so confused. <laughs> Is this like the magician? What what's going on? You're basically <laughs> peeing out of the wrong. Oh, part. okay. Like like there's nothing left. It's just clear. Okay. Like because you and that's when you know you're done. That every possible thing has come out of there. And so the results were everything was good. They put me on a medication to treat. I had I wasn't an ulcer, but I had some. Um, issue with the lining down there and they put me on a, a medicine for 30 days to allow it to heal it healed up and have had no issue since now i still do the bowel prep once a week just in case <laughs> so the worst thing that can happen though and this happened to a friend of ours oh, no is you don't do that you don't take the prep part serious enough and you get there and, and you're not good what do you mean you're not good that because then they do it for you when you're oh. there and it, that's not that sounds like the joke's on them <laughs> Yeah, but that that um, that involves uh, something that rhymes with enema. What? That's that's literally <laughs> oh, that the is word. Literally the word. So you you want to get it done on your terms. You wanted this to be taken care of on your terms, not on their terms. Okay. So we'll see. More to. More but no, to come I would on say that. as somebody who's had that in a root canal, the root canal is a thousand times worse. All right. It's I, not even comparable. This was actually was actually fun. This is not anything that I fear. It's yeah. just the matter of whether to do it or not. Just make sure your phone battery's charged up that night and you got some magazines and magazine. Yeah. And you know, I I took the option to stay in a different room than my spouse because yeah. they don't need to be subjected to that. And Could just, I would I would think the hotel may be in play. That's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. Binge a show. No, you don't have to. You're up and down too much for that. I mean, well, I guess you, you never get up on your you device. Just stay there. I mean, I'll take the device into the into the potty. I mean, pretty much. There's a point where, as you're drinking more of that stuff, you don't start drinking it until you're already sitting down because you, you yeah your I mean, your timing is pretty is pretty urgent. I might get one of those recliners that c- convert. <laughs> you just kind of can lift up the seat, yeah, and just I'll, lean back and be like, "Come I'll get tell, me in I'll eight tell you hours." What the, the, w- w- when it's over, like when it's all done, man, you, you'll feel better than you felt in years because you are more cleaned out than you've ever been. You have you you're purified. You you immediately go to Taco Casa after. So. <laughs> I've lost like fifteen pounds. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's okay. It's uh, but yeah. In fact, I, I I hope they do it. It's a it's an enlightening experience. Okay. Excellent. So speaking of enlightening experiences. I went to a, a musical symphony on Tuesday night. Oh, B- Bass Hall or Eisman Center? It was at the Bomb Factory. Okay. Which uh, I think the night of, yeah, it was the night of, I was uh, checking Twitter and people that I guess commonly 
walk around Deep Ellum near the bomb factory, I guess it was a certain age and or other demographic that was more prominent there than usual. So there were tweets wondering why the fake Aryan Brotherhood was walking around Deep Ellum that night. You're talking, mm-hmm. about, you're talking about Randy and his disciples? Uh, yeah, so we went to see uh, Lamb of God, subject of prior episode. Documentary. It's a good documentary, wasn't it, Dave? It's one of the best. And uh, the headliners were Slayer. So Lamb of God can't even headline the Bomb Factory. Well, they can. They have before, but so they just chose not to. They chose not to. They chose to open for another band on this tour, and they played a much like the Bomb Factory seats. I think it's like four thousand. Yeah, I've been there recently. That's where the uh, the Great Divide happened. There you go. Um, 4,000. The next night, they played at the Amphitheater in Austin, which has to see twi- at least oh, twice at the, that much. Oh, at the Formula One? Yeah. Thing? Oh, easily. Yeah, that's got to be like 8 venue. to 10, I would think. And I don't know if they sold it out or anything like that. They but probably didn't. So I don't know. The, this show sold out in less than two days, which is that's pretty good for bands that usually... that This type of music, they're playing at that venue. Glenn, you know... To- being totally honest. You know those type of concerts better than I do. If you're... Does only the headlining band get to kill a guy? (laughs) Or how does that work? There's always one member of the crowd who's brought up and sacrificed in front of everyone to start things off. And then the rest of us drink his or her blood. Okay. (laughs) Unless it's certain we don't drink that blood. Because that's... That's unclean. The other is, is all on the table. So there were like five bands that played, but uh, me and the buddy I went with, we only got there for the final two because we are platinum level tastes only. Uh, so yeah, it was Lamb of God and Slayer. Good show, good venue. I'd never been there before. It's great. I, I um, have nothing but good things to say about that place. I think I'd been there a long time ago before they renovated it. But I yeah, mean, that's I like too, the 90s. The, the, renova- the renovations they've done there are great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, it was a good show. I was going to pull up, I'll have to talk and look up and see if you guys, if you would like me to, uh, reel off the Slayer set list and I'll see what you, uh, I'm not familiar with Slayer's work at all. Are they, are they older guys than the Lamb of God guys or are they younger guys? Older. They've been around since like 80. So they're, they're like in their mid fifties. My goodness. So let's see. Bomb Factory the other night. Just just see if any of this sounds like it appeals to you. So they come out. Song titles. Repentless. Blood Red. Disciple. Mandatory Suicide. Hate Worldwide. War Ensemble. Jihad. <laughs> when the Stillness Comes. Like it came for Vader this week. <laughs> Postmortem, Black Magic, Payback, Seasons in the Abyss, Ditto Head. I don't know what that means. Dead Skin Mask, <laughs> Hell Awaits, South of Heaven, Raining Blood, Chemical Warfare, and Angel of Death. So what was the first song again? Uh, Repentless. I would have been in my car. <laughs> Okay, pointed so, north on seventy five <laughs> before Repentless was over. If you'd have, if you'd have walked in and said, "Hey, we're gonna go check out this band," and they came out, and the lights go down, and there's a curtain, and all of a sudden there's there's four iron crosses that that come up across the curtain, and you're like, "Okay, you know, I hear a little guitar here, you know, we got these iron crosses," and uh, all of a sudden the music starts to kick in, and the crosses slowly turn <laughs> until they're all upside down. You think you would have? Uh, what are you doing, Glenn? Stage back. I just, I do not understand how you find that experience enjoyable in any way. It's just Can, so awful. Oh, real quick, because this actually fits pretty well with uh, Tommy's question. No less than one hour ago, I was at home. Okay. With my wife, who who knows Glenn, and she was asking, what the. Uh, podcast was going to be about tonight and i was like well 
I know Glenn went to a Lamb of God show, so I'm sure we'll talk about that. And she, just as, as a shoot, just honest as can be, she's like, you know, given the thing Glenn, the things Glenn likes, I'm really surprised that he's successful in life. Wow. That is a direct shot. Music, dirt track. <laughs> like, you should be living in a place that has wheels. Like, that's where you should be living. You should easily be able to transport your entire house <laughs> at any point. I should be able to move at just the snap of a finger, everything I own. Not in the gated community you live in, There's for real. plenty of truth to that. We were really, most importantly, there to see Lamb of God. So let me just state that at First and foremost, we were uh, pretty much front and center, got in the mix of all the of the action. You and know, we a is bit. not Mrs. Glenn. No, 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 no. Okay, I didn't she think was so. At home, she wouldn't go to this. I didn't think so. So, who was in the traveling party then? Just me and a buddy. A buddy? Yes, a friend of mine. The guy you met that night, or it was not. Okay, it was a guy I've known since I was nine years old. Do we, I don't, was, we need to rehash ever, that? Ever huh? incarcerated for? Yeah, can no. you go? Can you go year by year through your entire what, friendship? Forms? What degree was in front of murder? <laughs> <laughs> um, I only know someone who made a plea deal <laughs> involving a murder. Okay, and then another one who did other bad things that is arguably as bad as murder. Okay. All right. Uh, so uh, yeah, so we got in the uh, the action there in the crowd. You know, I dabbled a little bit. Floor was quite slippery because people just spill their beer and just like throw it and stuff. And as you can see, my shoes are a little worn. What these shoes don't have is what you call traction. <laughs> so I was like, sl- you think I need new shoes? Look at that. Yeah, yeah. you do. I was going to say, I mean, now now since it looks like you're going to be with us a li- at least for a few more years. There I are holes in both the, sides of them. I pull the trigger on a new pair. Yeah. I saw one guy get dragged out of there like the uh you know like the football player that has arms on two different oh, guys' yeah? shoulders because I believe he had snapped the bottom of his leg like somebody had rolled up on him because he was definitely not putting any pressure on it and he was That has to happen at every show. He was right? in quite a bit of pain. That has to happen at every show. I've feared it every time that I've gone and I think you're too old to be doing this, man. You're too old. I, th- I for think this. I'm just about done. I got I got one one or two more one, of these. One more Metallica concert left in you. Well, we got one of the other bands on the Mount Rushmore is supposed to have a new album next year and they'll tour, so Guar? No, but they do wear masks though. ICP? No. Yes. They got one more album and one more tour, and then I think that's gonna be it. At 42, just like Elvis, I'm going to go out. Just like Jackie Robinson. He didn't die. Oh, I thought you said 42. Well, that's when Elvis died, when he was 42. On the toilet. He (laughs) did not bowel prep. (laughs) No. He'd have felt so good if he'd have done it. No, he he did not. He used to shoot his televisions out with a gun, though. I think that's true. It doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) What else? So no, nothing eventful during the Lamb of God set? Well, Was a wall of death executed? You know what? I'm glad you mentioned that. No, it wasn't. And you, there's one particular song they always, usually, well, I say always, they usually end with, and that's when they, that's when they, when they bring Kim out yeah. and divide the crowd. <laughs> get, get some dividing lines drawn up, sure. And so they had said, hey, we got a couple more songs left. And so they finished... One this one song, and I think they got one more, and I'm like, all right, it's coming up. I am not in the wall of death because that's something I have retired from about ten years ago, and so I get like all the way to the side, and then they go into the next song, and no wall of death. You may not be allowed to do the wall of death unless you're the headliner. That may be part of the Slayer contract. I don't know. Did Slayer do the wall of death? No, and you, they're a band that has like they're there to. Play the music, end one song, go into the next song. There's like no talking in no between. No chatting. No chatting. No, hey, Dallas, <laughs> you guys are louder than Houston was last night. You know, nothing like that. I, I'm not going to knock that. No, it was fine. 
I kind of like the... Let's just get to it. Nobody said that they but recently played Madison Square Garden. <laughs> no, but you know what Randy did twice? In between songs, he got a big woo out of everybody. Really? Two different times. He was wow. just... I don't remember how he led into it, but he just was like, can I get a woo? Like that, and everybody... And they did it again later, so... Wow. So is all the same guys from the documentary, though? There's been no turnover in the band? No. Same guys. I was looking at the gray-headed guy. Uh, the other guitarist, I w- as I was just staring at him up there, all I could think about was him playing basketball with his daughter. <laughs> in his jeans. And, and grilling steaks. <laughs> and I saw a guy on her way out. The buses that were lined up, you know, the street out in front, there was a guy that... It wasn't him, but it looked so much like him that I actually stopped. The and, cab driver? No, no. 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 Like the guitarist. It looked so much like him. I actually stopped and turned and like started to... And I was like, wait, that's not him. And then I panicked and walked <laughs> off. But I thought I was going to have an interaction with a band member. Wow. So do you do you dress in the full AB outfit for this thing? Or do you just wear your... I wore a t-shirt and mistakenly wore a pair of jeans. Why is that a mistake? It's just hot in there. Really? What's hot? Well... 4,000 people trying yeah, but to... they have pretty legit AC in there. Not when there's just big, sweaty guys all trying to just... You know what that's like. Just all cramming together in the tightest space possible. <laughs> <laughs> it gets hot. It is. That is. It so sounds, did, sounds hot. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Finn Balor intro. Were you just doing that? <laughs> so, I didn't have a pair of shorts that I trusted... For my keys and stuff not to fall out of the pockets. Oh, I thought you were talking like a 40-yard dash situation. <laughs> considering the level of activity. Don't need that falling out either. And since, <laughs> since yeah, <gasps> since, since cargo shorts have been stigmatized. Boy, have they. And even though I still own some, those were leaner times, so they don't actually fit anymore. They will after the cleansing. It's true. Yeah, you're going to... Th- whole new world of clothes is about to open up yeah. to you. You know what? You should start the cleansing during one of these concerts. Just <laughs> out there in the middle of it. What a terrible idea. Yeah. Go to Tim Hortons. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it was good. I I mean, it was like the seventh time I'd seen Lamb of God. And they only, they're not opening. I mean, they're not headlining. So they, they played. They like, didn't play an hour and a half. Well, they played like 10 songs. So they probably played right at an hour, maybe. As opposed to if they're headlining 15 to 20 songs easily. So, right. So, I have, mean, they, have they lost a step? Uh, no, I don't, I don't really think so. I think I've just seen them enough that it doesn't, doesn't have like the same edge to it. Right. And I also, I don't think I get as into it that I'm out there, you know, back of my mind thinking like, one, make sure you don't get your leg broke. And I'm like, I wonder how my Vanguard funds are doing this month, you know, as opposed to... A thought that probably didn't occur to anyone else in that place. In my 20s, it's just like, we're, we're all living forever, you know. <laughs> so it's, it's just not, it's not the same. So that's the other reason I think, I think I'm a year or two away from just completely hanging it up. Well, after 40, everything's pretty much downhill, so... Pretty much. It's about to be running downhill real quick. I start the bowel prep. <laughs> it runs right. quick. I'm prepared for that. So, obviously, great documentary that we watched a few weeks ago that we all watched. You watched that, huh? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, as the palaces burn, one of my favorites now. It was good. I watched another another documentary. Okay. You, you just voluntarily watched the small peen one? No. I watched Icarus. I have not seen this yet, but I have seen the trailer. Gets two thumbs up. Thumb up, huh? Yeah. And this is about steroids, right? This is about steroids. And it's uh, similar to uh, the aforementioned As the Palaces Burn. I think... uh, (laughs) So Randy's in it? (laughs) No. But similar to that, they kind of lucked into a really... um, I wasn't going to say good, a really captivating story when they were just kind of making a generic band documentary. That is one thing I failed to mention. I was looking for a, if I could find a Daniel Nozick t-shirt to wear to the concert. That's probably not a good... It says, I can't survive a traumatic brain injury. Mm. Okay. 
Um, Proceed. But similar to that, got that joke in. <laughs> Icarus is. Uh, that was a tight space to cram <laughs> that one into. Uh, I guess it's directed by a guy named Brian Fogel. But he his, also his brothers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. There it is. I was brother, let you take his, that. Yeah, I mean his brothers. Speaking of cramming it into <laughs> tight spaces, uh, he's in jail with my buddy. Probably, um, but he also is kind of a a focal part of the of the movie. So he is a pseudo actor, but more into the writing and directing. He was previously pseudo like his only other accomplishment before this of any note was he wrote an off Broadway comedy. Haven't about, we all <laughs> about dating? The dating lives of men, <coughs> of Whoa. two young men trying to meet Jewish women called Jewtopia. <laughs> I know, I know someone's dad who's <laughs> holding up his lighter right now. <laughs> He's to a shower curtain ring. <laughs> so, no, but to, uh, to Icarus. So, this guy, you know, he wrote a play, he's done a little bit of acting. He's also a Junior Miller amateur cyclist. Okay. So there is a kind of, I guess, among amateurs, like the most difficult race is in France. And it's oh, a, the Tour de France. Yes, mm-hmm. I know it well. Essentially, it's about seven stages of the Tour de France. It takes them seven days. Grief, denial. <laughs> exactly. You, you you know no others. <laughs> Bargaining, I think. Bargaining, yeah. Anger. There you go. That's fine. <clears throat> Money. <laughs> Write the check. That's really the first one. You don't worry <laughs> about everything else. So he's been training. He wants to do this race. He goes over there, and um, I think there was 400-some entries, and his goal was to finish in the top 100. Well, he gets over there, and he leaves it all on the field, as they say, but he finishes 14th. But he is kind of talking about it, he's like, the top 10 are like on a whole nother level of where they are. So he, being a filmmaker, decides he's going to essentially do the supersize me gimmick, only he's going to do the Lance Armstrong doping gimmick. He's going to dope himself? He's going to dope himself. Yes, because that's I, a good idea for a documentary. Oh, it's a though. great documentary idea. So he starts doing it. So he gets hooked up with this doctor uh, at UCLA that, um, because they because this race is prestigious enough, even though it's amateurs, they do test you. So part of the gimmick was dope so you improve your performance but also beat the test very a la lance armstrong mm-hmm. so he gets hooked up with this ucla doctor that does some kind of steroid testing and is like in that world and he gets hooked up with this real bogus low t center type doctor to get get the stuff and uh he starts doing it well, pretty quickly into it, the UCLA doctor gets real cold feet because, you know, he tells them, like, I'm filming this. And he basically, about a month in, is like, I'm, I'm out. I don't want to be part of this. But he's like, hey, I know from, you know, different conventions about this for the Olympics. Um, I think the group is called WADA, the World Anti-Doping or... Yeah. Yeah. Anti association agency. Yeah. Agency. agency. That's what it is. Yeah. He's like, I know this Russian doctor that he might be able to help you. So he uh, contacts him. His name is Dr. Grigory Rodchekov. And Red Flag. Yes. This guy, by the way, is awesome because they're always like th- all their conversations, at least for the first half of the movie are over video Skype and the dude's always shirtless. <laughs> he's like this 60 year old. He's kinda, like young Glenn. <laughs> he only, he's like 60 and 
kind of tubby. Eating tacos the whole time. <laughs> he's so great. So he immediately, like, the guy's telling him what he's doing. He's like, no. He's like, because uh, they were doing, like, I guess the more um, legit is he was, like, injecting it once a day into his thigh. Because that's what testosterone low T center doctor had him doing. Well, Russian doctor's like, no, you need to be doing about eight times what you're doing. Inject it into the butt. <laughs> Showed him the Drago montage. Yeah. And and this doctor's completely on board. He's like, oh yeah. He's like, I'll I'll get you, you know, at performance levels you've never dreamed of. You'll beat the test like you're good. So they're going through it, and you know, it's kind of it's actually pretty interesting because it shows him training and they have, you know, different ways to measure how he's doing. And he really is like getting off the chart and he's talking about how good he feels all the time. And, but like it shows him every morning, like he's got like a line of syringes and he just, oh, I'm out. This is, this is like the Slayer curtain falling for Tommy. First, ne- I, I'm not scared of needles, but I'm not just sticking myself with one unless I need it to live. <laughs> well, this guy was committed to the to the bit. So, as you start finding out more about this doctor, he is the tippy top of the Russian like sports, like national sports whatever, right? And during this the filming, I think this was it started in 2015, we're getting into 2016. Um, it starts getting real dicey for him because they're getting cracked down on. And just to kind of quickly go through the last part here, because we have other things to talk about, they this doctor was basically helping the Russian Olympics and national teams dope for a long time. Even though they got caught. Well, hold eventually. On. Hold on. Okay. They... <clears throat> whatever where was it before Sochi what was the previous London no London. no no Winter Olympics yeah so that would have been 2010 yeah no 2012 anyways not important whatever it was the China that, no that was that was, that summer. was summer that Olympics Japan <laughs> that Olympics like they knew the next Winter Olympics was in Sochi so this guy gets a call from Putin himself and is like, hey, we're winning the medal count in Sochi. Because apparently the previous Winter Olympics, they didn't do well. Like they were kind of mid, yeah. mid-tier. And he's like, all right. So he starts this, essentially all the athletes. He's got them on doping schedules. He's got it all figured out. You know, they're running their own tests. Um to figure out essentially how to beat the WADA test. And I mean, the guy is somewhat of a genius. So he's the regiment he's got him on and the stuff they're using and the masking agents and everything. He's like, we can dope him up to a month before and get mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Get him off of it. And they'll, they'll test clean. Putin calls him. And it's like, no, we want them peak performance. We want them doping during the games themselves. All the way up. All the way, like... <laughs> Flying too, co- too close to the sun, Icarus. So then it gets into showing the sample bottles they use in the Olympics. The bottles of pee? Yeah. And they're like... Oh. They're... The way they... The cap is, like, it's impenetrable to tamper with. Like, if you take it off, you essentially destroy the whole thing. So he's telling them, like, we can't do it. There's no way. They get the KGB involved. Obviously. They find a way. He's like, I gave them two bottles to test with. He's like, you know, it took them a few days. They come back. The bottles, the labels, everything were intact, but the cap was off, and you could reseal it. So they're in Sochi. So their WADA takes over this guy's lab for the testing. The building next door they have set up with KGB. So every night they bring in, and the way they do it is they get two samples from every athlete. They get an A sample and a B sample. B samples go in the freezer. They're not touched unless the A sample fails. Then they go get the B sample Mm, and test it. Yeah. So 
they have a guy on the inside that's pushing the carts. He takes all the A samples to the testing lab. They have a like a outlet they pull off the wall that's bogus. They stick them through. A KGB guy on the other side grabs them. They go, they've stored all their clean urine for every athlete. Oh, God. <laughs> they come back with the bottles exactly the same. And then the the B samples, I'm trying to remember, the guy took them out and they essentially did the same thing with them. It's just insane. So anyways, they, modern day, during the, not modern day, during the documentary, all like, there's getting a lot of pressure, right? So the doctor, they like, I don't know if it's water or some other agency, like shuts down his lab, like he can't go to work. And he's pretty sure that he's being followed. He thinks Putin's going to kill him because he thinks he's going to crack and testify. So he gets a flight. The guy in the U.S. that's doing the documentary gets him a flight. He leaves his family in Russia, flies over. His two, like, people under him both end up dead. Oh, no. So he comes over to the U.S. The U.S. is uh, uh, whoever, I guess, I don't know what agency it was. And the U.S. is trying to um, get him subpoenaed to testify about the Russian team doping. But he's afraid they're going to extradite him once he testifies. Mm -hmm. So he tells the documentary guy he wants to go full Snowden. And they put him up in like a home and they get the, I think it was the New York Times. And that's how they got discovered. This doctor spills the whole story. Diplomatic immunity. And then to prove it, like, because it's like a big thing, like, you know, everyone on the Russian side is like, no, he's just bitter and he's just making stuff up. And he goes, well, go get all the bottles. He's like... And they go get them, and they start examining them with microscopes. And on the inside, they're only the Russian bottles have these like cut lines that they okay. never noticed before. Because you wouldn't look at it that close. Oh, of course not. <laughs> but yeah, man, really, really intriguing stuff. And it, it, is it a multi-part thing, or is it just one? It's one. It's about two hours, but it ends with the doctor goes into witness protection in the U.S. Like he's, oh really? Like they say goodbye, and he's he's gonzo. He's working. Oh, they'll find him one day and managing like, a Cinnabon right now. <laughs> yeah. But do like they did to that guy in London, put some radioactive isotope on him and he's dead. <laughs> so did the guy that was making the film ever try to do a bike race while doping? Yeah. And, and that, did he win? That was actually the Russian scandal kind of saved the documentary because he goes back to do it. But he has like all sorts of like mechanical problems and finishes worse. Oh, oh no. Like bike problems? Yeah. Like he like there was one stage where half the day he only had one gear. <laughs> oh man! Accidentally put knobbies on. <laughs> <laughs> took in a had some coffee and took in a steak <laughs> during the race. But really good, highly recommended. I mean, that's definitely on the list to check out once we get through the the keepers, which is getting really shocking. Before we move mm. on from movies, you I, saw another movie. I did. I believe that you saw as well. I did. Go we ahead. Bo- we both took the families to see Incredibles 2 separately, not together. <laughs> yeah, well, let me assure you, I will be having nothing to do with your family, <laughs> and specifically your wife, <laughs> from this day forward. What in the world was that short? Bow? I think that's what it was called. <laughs> what was that? Well, you're going to have to tell me. I haven't seen it. Well, you'd love it. <laughs> Super Asian. Oh. It's animated, though. Eh, I can I can work around that. <laughs> okay. I mean, I think it was just not to get into the whole... Th- well, I mean... here's I'll give you the quick summary, right? So, it's this old Asian woman and man. Yes. She's making him dumplings for dinner. He's completely... <laughs> How ignore- generic is this? He's was it com- dinner or breakfast? Because he got That's up and left with his... Briefcase. Maybe it's breakfast. breakfast. Is it offensive if I say, "Do they eat dumplings for breakfast?" breakfast. Are we? Are we not using pronouns anymore? Breakfast. So breakfast. Uh, old man, husband's completely ignoring her, watching TV. Like quickly eats the dumplings and leaves, and she's all sad, right? And this is for kids, right? Like I'm yeah. there with my four year old. Then one of the dumplings 
grows a body. <laughs> yeah, like it has a face. It has right? a face. And it's it starts to cry like a baby, and then it forms like arms and legs. Okay. And she essentially, it like, it goes montages like a, yeah. her raising this dumpling child. Okay. That goes to school, and everyone acts like it's a normal dumpling child, and She's very protective of the dumpling. It wants, sure. it wants to go play soccer with other kids at the park, and she won't let it. Yes. And, you know, her, I, she's essentially getting her life from this dumpling child, because her husband's a not... He's, he's not around. He's not around. Dumpling Child goes off and finds him a young lady. He go- grows a goatee first. Yes. And then he comes back with a white girl. <laughs> Which is also creepy because he's still like he's dumpling not, size. He's like this tall. <laughs> and he brings girl home that he's... I mean, in considering stereotype, <laughs> this girl's like losing like multiple times here. <laughs> uh, brings girl home to essentially move in with her, get married, whatever, leave the house. Yeah. And Mama gets mad, shuts girl out of the house, grabs Dumpling Child, and eats him. Which I was not expecting. No. (laughs) This is in front of a kid's movie? And this is when my four-year-old looks at me, she's like, I don't get it. And I was like, nobody does. Neither do I. I think it was just a symbol of... Yeah, because at the end, real child who looks like Dumpling Child comes back, but he's human. And he's regular size. Everywhere? (laughs) Well, we didn't get... Again, it's for kids. But all that, because I wanted to cover that because that was really weird. But all that to say, we went to Alamo Draft House to see So did we. Did you see what else is happening there? There's a Coming to America showing, but I, I can't find the date. No, it's end of this month. They're showing it every day, the end of this month, and we are going. Okay, yes, we have to go to this. We missed Ric Flair at Lava Cantina, which was no, a miss. We did not because Ric Flair got sick and did not show. Oh, really? Yep, because I was still looking into tickets the day of. Well, we are not missing Coming to no, America. No, I'm in. We have to go to this. That's next week, I guess. I'm in. I'm in. You tell me when, I'm there. All right, we got to figure this out. Yeah, we're going. We can make this happen. We Thanks. can... What time? Like a seven? Yeah. Also... Watching party, post-watching podcast. There we go. We don't have to remove, review the movie, obviously, but... We've already done that, I believe. I know. We could just air that one again <laughs> and be like, hey, we looked, we talked about it again. It was but, the same. <laughs> Tommy, Nothing was different. <laughs> I don't know how familiar Tommy is with Alamo Draft House. Oh, no, no. I'm a, I'm a uh, P1 of but Alamo they, Draft House. They often on special events like that. They do bits. They do bits. And if there's not a big mick on, oh. the, on the menu. <laughs> oh, there has to be. There will be. <laughs> there has to be. And there's got to be a cocktail <laughs> called Soul Glow. And I'm going to get it. And I'm going to, when you walk back there, there's several entrances to the kitchen. And I'm going to look in there and be, <laughs> someone better be washing some lettuce. <laughs> the fake. Li- There's a guy just <laughs> moving the mop, mop bucket the back carpet. and forth, <laughs> smiling at you. This show is so stupid. Man, what a what a day. Okay, uh, I think we have one other major topic. Yeah, we just round it out to yeah. review. I, I am announcing that I'm now leaving the podcast, <laughs> and I'm going to go get my blizzard. So you guys right. proceed. So Sunday night we had a little gathering here. We at did. Tommy Studios. We were actually had briefly discussed, and I don't think I could have, I don't think I was in any kind of state to do it after we were done, but we briefly discussed doing a live post game, but we decided that. It was a late night. It was a late night. It was a long, it was almost four hours. I thought that the off brand WWE pay per view was a nice tight three hours or under. Yeah. And when WrestleMania is running at five and a half hours just for the. Main show, they don't money in the bank doesn't need to be four hours. Was it though? Because we also had a lot of pausing and waiting for people. Were and we live by the end? Did somebody go take a phone call for 30 minutes? I didn't outside go talk to my dad while Elias was just paused, waiting to waiting to serenade us. Right, let's start from the beginning. Let's start from the beginning. And, and my beginning was I got here shortly after it began, <laughs> and there was, a, there was the first bout or match of the evening, which, as I walked in, was described to me as 
a miniature version of me and a taller version of me are fighting each other. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. Yes. Daniel Bryan and Big Cass. Yes, and unlike the real version of you, one of the taller version of you is no longer employed. We had no idea, but we were watching his last match. Do you know why? I read that he got into it with Sami Zayn because Big Cass is a huge Trump supporter. Yeah. And his over-the-top Trump uh, antics didn't play well backstage with the noted Muslim Sami Zayn. Well, let's be honest. If we had to pick between those two, they both should go. <laughs> yeah, I, I was wondering at first if they were arguing about who was worse. Who was in a worse angle and who was worse on the mic, but... I'm thinking of a very much a Koresh and Steve type situation. <laughs> and we just move on. I I will let Bobby Lashley hang around if at least Sami Zayn is gone. We just the two of them we've ended that, right? Yeah, they, they're not going at each yeah, other. Yeah, I think we've had the blow okay. off, as they say. Unfortunately, so. Bobby Lashley apparently is getting in the title picture, which yeah, to not to not to jump all around, but I think I texted you guys. I said the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen in wrestling just happened is Kurt Angle says that he could clearly see Bobby Lashley in the number one contender spot for the world title. That's gonna be rough. But yeah, Daniel Bryan made him tap out. It was an okay match. It wasn't. It actually wasn't bad for for Big Cass, who's not necessarily known for putting on a great spectacle. And apparently, that was just a. Vince McMahon punishment, which is like, hey, we're going to make you tap out in the middle of the ring one more time before we fire you. But then the next match, then we're cooking. We've got Elias and Seth Rollins for the Intercontinental title. It was almost brought the house down. It really did. There was a false finish at the end of this match. Uh, hearts were broken. Where Elias comes off the top rope, lands a perfect elbow, which is, which is a finisher anywhere in the country. And he had survived the finishing move yes, from Seth Rollins. Yes, and 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 we'd already had like two or three false finishes, but you knew they were false finishes, right? So you really felt like this one was the no, this real deal. This felt like it. And no, Rollins kicks uh, out on two and seven eighths. Mm. They battle a little bit more, and Rollins is able to win, but but with some controversy. Handful of tights. Grab the tights. Leaves Elias a little bit of a a little bit of a face saving there at the end. They made they made Elias look strong even in defeat. But it was a good match. It was an entertaining match. Still disappointing though, but especially yeah. how things played out the following oh, night. I know. Yeah. Where we've, then they had him lose. We've been standing there wanting to put the belt on Elias for six months, and then they just give it to Dolph. I think he loses it back Monday, but yeah, more than likely. Yeah, I, I think this will be a very very short reign. And then what were the other highlights? We had, uh, I don't know if this is in the right order, but we had Rousey and Nia Jax. Well, well first they, we had yeah, the women's money, the women's in, the money in the bank. women's money in the bank had to happen first. Yeah, let's see. How did that, how did that turn out? Well, I, I believe that uh, one member of this show, Point Break Dave, was so confident that he had the winner of this match picked that he made a bad monetary bet with me that he lost, as I correctly predicted the winner. You didn't predict the winner. I gave you basically the whole field. I thought you got two people. No, I only got two. I gave you six. I took Natalia and Alexa. You took the favorites, though. Never a doubt. Alexa wins the match. But you know what? It was a win-win for me because Alexa won. So I'm, I'm good. Yeah. And then part two is I correctly predicted that she would, ca- or the winner of the women's match would cash in that night to save R- Ronda Rousey's. Uh, Heat, as they say. Yeah, that made that was a good call, and uh, and it, sure enough, it did. Uh, Rousey was about to win the world or women's world championship. Here comes the lovely Alexa Bliss out of the crowd, briefcase to the head, and we have a new women's champion. And then, how great was the first fifteen minutes of Raw the next night when Rousey comes Rousey. out and goes completely nuts? Breaks a table, punches a few referees, and is now suspended for thirty days. No, that was that was a real hot start. So is that thirty days for her to continue to train and get better at wrestling, or is she doing? Do we is she doing something that we know about? Um, I'm not sure. All reports are like she's 
taking it very seriously. I mean, she's retired from UFC. Oh, no, I don't mean that. I just thought if they were still trying to get her in better ring shape. I mean, I oh. I think the prevailing thought was they weren't yeah. going to put the title on her because then she'd have to fight yeah. too much. But both matches I've seen her in have been great. Yeah, no, so she's... I've got no complaints. Supposedly doing the whole house show loop and, and wrestling every night and getting better, so... Bad on the mic. Just yeah. bad in the ring in general when she's not... When she's not fighting, yeah. it's awkward. Yeah. We're going to have to work on that. She yes. has just dumb look on her face. But, she doesn't know boy, her. when she's fighting, she looks so believable because yeah. she actually has done it and can't can't fault her for that. So then, I, I mean, there was other things that happened, but I think the next noteworthy thing was the AJ Nakamura last man standing. Match got great reviews. I felt like it was a bit long. It was long, but... It was a good match, but I think they the always was good. They always make those last man standing matches too long, and that goes back to Bret Hart and Stone Cold days. But the fit, the last five minutes were insane and a great finish. AJ coming off the top to the outside with a flying forearm, and then the huge kick to the ball. <laughs> yeah. A very fleshy groin shot. How many tables were collapsed during the course of that? Or attempted to be collapsed, at yeah. least. But it was a great match. AJ retains the title. And then we move on to yet another thing I correctly predicted, the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. Yeah. yeah. Everybody thought it was too obvious, but it was so obvious it did happen. I still think my idea would have been better. I forgot what yours was. The Miz wins Money in the Bank. And then Daniel Bryant wins the Royal Rumble. So whoever runs the Royal Rumble gets a title shot at Mania. So at some point you have Miz cash in and get the title before Mania. Okay. So then it pairs them off. Okay, I got you. I had a real funny thought, though. <laughs> they wouldn't do it to Braun because, you know, they're pushing him to the moon. But it'd be hilarious if, like, Bobby Roode won the you know, money in the bank, so he got the contract, but then cash it in for, like, the U.S. title. <laughs> so it's like, hey, guys. He just, as soon as Ziggler won, he was out there like, <laughs> I got this, you guys. For, the, for, for a little while, we thought Kofi from, from the New Day was going to... How cool been, would that have been? That would have brought the house down. Yeah, I mean, he was right there. And then Tommy's favorite, Finn Balor, and who's in, in his Dave's sights. Dude. That that was, other than his, Dave's terrible predictions the other night, his opinion that Finn Balor's intro is lame. Yes, is, that's the worst. There's no support anywhere in the world no. for that. Like like, there's a whole crowd of people <laughs> playing along, and everyone's into it. He's like, "This is dumb. Nobody likes <laughs> no. this." No, correction. I never knocked his entrance. I said his entrance is all he's got. I don't no, know. If I that's remember not it even that way. that's not even close to how it went down, dude. His his. His finish is terrible. I don't agree with that either. The coup de gras, the double stomp from a guy that weighs did 140 see, pounds. Did you see the still shots of him doing that off the ladder and how impressive that was when they showed him like just perched in midair in mid-flight before he's delivering the coup de gras to Bobby Roode? Tommy's looked at these still shots <laughs> way too much. Yeah, so am I, so am I. We ought to do, you were joking about doing your, we ought to do our current day wrestling Mount Rushmore, and he's on mine, no question. Oh my gosh. No, I'm saying active, on an active roster right now. I'd have to think about it for a little a, while. No, no, we don't have to do it right now. It's no, no, no. homework assignment just, for just the show. Just in every factor, intros and everything factors Everything in. factored in, but he's absolutely in the mind. Because I'm thinking about like, <laughs> like coming out of the bathroom after taking a shower, coming out to the Bobby Roode <laughs> music like every day. That's my alarm tone up. I watched the thing on the the network, and it was it was with it was with Bobby Roode and AJ Styles, but it was like where they're driving from one show to the next, right and along, right along. Yeah, yeah. And Bobby Roode's talking about how like that song basically made his career. Like he he's very he's he's very level headed about it. Like he knows. But then they had, they had, they like did a montage of all these fan clips, and like there was a guy that did that as his wedding. Like, the groom came out to the hat. Like, it was like a beach wedding, but he came out and did the whole glorious thing in his tuxedo with a robe on over. 
That guy's uh, awesome. Like that is a great bit. Yeah, uh, that's uh, that's. I think that if we're just gonna get into intro talk real quick, uh, are there any real good ones from SmackDown? I don't really think there are. No, I mean you could. I mean you could say that the New Day's got they've got bits. I don't know if it's like a impressive, I but I mean if you got pancakes flying that's and horns a good bit. shooting off, I like AJ's entrance a lot. It's not bad. I'm a, I'm a fan of his. I'm, I like Nakamura's entrance. Uh, it's weird. When they do it big at pay-per-views and they have like the in-person violinist, okay. the Nakamura entrance so is pretty cool. Should we talk yeah. about our other hypothetical from Sunday night, which is that Glenn has to walk into his office like Nakamura <laughs> every day just until he gets to his desk or his office? Just has to slink in there. <laughs> that, I think that's a good, that's that's a good, a good gimmick. That's a good gimmick. Uh, but no, I think Raw definitely has the the awesome entrances locked down pretty big. Can I can I tell you a problem with what happened at Money in the Bank? Sure. Go ahead. I think clearly they're hoping or at some point soon they're gonna get the title off Brock because he's never around. But if you put it on Strowman, you have the same problem. Like Seth Rollins isn't going to beat Strowman clean in the ring. Finn hey, Balor's Finn not going to him beat. Finn had I know him a beat. guy that can beat him. He likes to play a guitar. <laughs> I would be on board with that. Finn had him beat a couple weeks ago. But that's what I'm saying. They've they've made they've made Braun too strong to the point where he can't lose. Um, have you ever heard of Drew McIntyre? I he could do it. That's maybe. where we're, that, I think that's ultimately where I, we're headed. I could see that. I think they're they're already they're already built to that, and they had the tag team match, and they were like face to face, and like Drew backed off just kind of with a smile. They're, I think they're building to that. I th- I think you're right. Before they get there, though, they'll break up McIntyre and Ziggler, and they'll feud for a while. Yeah. No, there's plenty of time. I mean, we're talking like WrestleMania next year. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You yeah, got yeah. plenty of time. But they, I mean, even on SmackDown, they had the the Miz and Daniel get together a little bit just to tease where that's going to head. You want to hear another prediction? If it's not Elias, will unify the titles. I don't. I don't know if I do. Braun Strowman in the ring. I'm over it. Like I like him backstage when he's flipping over ambulances and stuff. But in the ring, one on one matches. I'm over it. Wow. You 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 have such a terrible judgment of. I everything. think Glenn's with me. I don't, no, man. I'm still too close to him breaking that ladder in half <laughs> and me jumping off my couch. Man, you guys are you're way off on this. I'm not. Hey, I'm not okay, on his okay. side. Are you just saying he just doesn't have much? That he just yells and he just stops. They I'm run just, at him and he just stops him and slams yeah, him down. I'm just saying, like, kind of what wrestling's about. Well, I'm I'm saying, what if he did a coup de gras? <laughs> that would be something. Is he really six foot ten? He's pretty big. Because they said that the other night, and I was like. He steps over the rope, so uh, I think that gives you that okay. gives you at least six Maybe. foot ten credence. Heading into the latter part of the year, we've got a lot of a lot of potential, a lot of things happening. All right, anything else from that? Do we have any emails? No, I don't think we do, and I haven't checked. So. Or nothing. Well, maybe you can check during your bowel prep. You have plenty of time to look at your phone. I can do that. So you need to live tweet every <laughs> every moment of that. I don't know about every moment, but. I will live tweet the bowel prep for 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 everyone. And I just want to end, even though we've talked the last 20 minutes, we are not a wrestling podcast.